Hmm, weird. Yeah, so I'm trying to rebuild it, and then the computer decided it wanted to have Windows 11 and installed it. <laughs> wow. So now I'm trying to upload drivers and shit, and my internet is, like, crawling. How is the times. shitty Windows 11 experience? Uh, It's shitty. <laughs> <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm fantastic. I can't <laughs> wait for this free trial month of 2022 to be over. <laughs> We're almost there. We're halfway through. Yeah, I think I'm going to delete it. I don't All think right. I'm going to carry on. Yeah. No. Just cancel my subscription. Too much, too much like the past couple of years? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> It's 2020 all over again. 2020 part two. <laughs> part deux. Part deux. I was actually I was pleasantly surprised this week. We got a uh, email on Friday from my kid's school saying that they were going virtual because of the number of cases. Instead oh, of wow. instead of just letting them waller in the hopes of not catching it in school. Yeah. So it was like a bright thing that happened in an otherwise dull area. Hmm. Well, at least your state's making the right calls. Well, we now have the highest n number of cases per day that we've had since March of 2020 or whatever it was. Like setting set state records and the the governor was like, no, it's, it's fine. We're handling this just fine. And it's like, you're a fucking moron, dude. But, you know, what do I know? I'm not a government yeah. official. <laughs> so... Yeah, it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah? Oh. Oh, that's good news. Yep. Cuts my commute down from 10 minutes to 30 seconds in the morning. <laughs> Just got to roll out of bed and walk down to the studio. All right, I'm at work. Right. Can roll out of bed at 7.55 and be like, hey. That's right. We were supposed to go back to the office uh, this coming week, and then they've changed their mind again because of the, the upsurge. Yeah, they keep changing ours, too. It was supposed to be February 1st, and we got an email saying, um, we're going to make that March 1st. And it's like, just, yeah. you don't have to come back to the office, man. We're all doing our jobs fucking fine from home. Yeah, we got this... Uh, email from our VP about the importance of being face-to-face -face and <laughs> hallway conversations and it helps boost creativity and collaboration and it's like no it doesn't you just want to keep tabs on things because now you can't really justify your own jobs yep and you know they want to justify the expense of having 
like buildings and rent and shit like that. And it's like, you know how much money you'd save if you didn't? Yep. It's all worked for the last two years. So I don't know what the problem is. Well, and supposedly when we do go back to the office, we get another $500 stipend to make sure we have everything we need in our home office. Huh? When we first went to, to remote work, right? we got $300 for our home office expenses. Okay. So now, because, and I took like my monitor and I took my chair from the office and a few things and I bought a, a standing desk for home. Right. So I'll have to take the chair back and the monitor back, but then they'll give me another $500 to buy another chair and another monitor. <laughs> Uh, like how, okay. how how are you saving money by sending us back to the office? So are you having to go back full time or are they going to do some kind of hybrid? It is thing? supposed to be three days a week, Tuesday, okay. Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. But uh, yeah, I think by the time it actually happens, I'm going to be on the road anyway. So <laughs> yeah, our thing was supposed to be like, you know, get with your manager so that you can figure out which three days a week you want to be there. And I was like, well, it's going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday because I'm not starting and ending the week at the fucking office. Right. Like, that's just fucking stupid, man. Mm-hmm. But I still have high hopes that they'll change their mind. I I don't see why. It, you know, it's... I mean, and as long as there's COVID around, like I will be in my, my office with the door shut, Mm -hmm. like don't come bother me unless you really need me. And so what's the point of me being there? Right. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's fucking people. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. What are we talking about? Well, do you want to talk about the passing of another person from our childhood? Uh, sure. Are you trying to figure out who that is? Yes, because so many have gone. Well, I'm specifically Bob Saget. Didn't we talk about that last week? No, that happened. Oh, that happened in between us talking. Oh, I think it was a suicide pact with Betty White. (laughs) I just I think they were secretly lovers for the past 30 years. Look, he died in your town, so you're going to have to you're going to have to answer for it. Well, apparently he had a number of gigs in Florida. Yes, and he had I guess I guess he was like based out of Orlando. <laughs> yeah, because well, you know, central Florida, you're in the middle. Well, and why would you want to stay in fucking Jacksonville? <laughs> it, yeah. I've been to Jacksonville. I would drive What's what is it? It's it's a couple hours from Orlando, right? Yeah. So I would rather drive the the couple hours in the middle of the night to get back to my hotel than fucking anywhere in Jacksonville. Yeah. But yeah, sixty five. He uh, died not under mysterious circumstances, but kind of out of the blue. There was nothing in the mm-hmm. hotel room that the authorities thought was strange. Apparently, he was tucked into bed. He was tucked in. Well, that's what that's what the thing said. So, I mean, he was in bed under the covers. I mean, it's not like they found him on the floor. So. Right. So apparently he like either died of a stroke or a heart attack in the middle of the night. 
or that hooker was really good and cleaned everything up. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he had a he's he had a wife that was like twenty years younger than him that was kind of hot. So yeah, you know, be weird, but whatever. Yeah, well, so much for him taking part in How I Met Your Father. Uh, well, come on, like maybe that's that maybe last. that's what did it. Maybe that's what did it. <laughs> It's like, oh, crap, another sequel? No, I'm out of here. <laughs> yes, for for his passing, I put up the, uh, if you've never seen it, go to YouTube and Google Rolling with Saget, mm-hmm. which was a, a song that Jamie Kennedy, and I don't know, Stu, I don't know his Stu's last name, um, they they put out like 10 years ago, and it was a, a, like a day in the life of hanging out with Bob Saget and like going to a club and stuff. And the um, the video, although it's not high definition, um, has the likes of people like um, John Stamos and Paris Hilton and a really weird cameo by George Lucas in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because of the, the you know, Bob Saget connection. Well, so no. So what happened was um, the video was actually directed by Seth Green. Okay. And so they were at whatever studio they were filming the nightclub scenes at. He happened to run into George Lucas in the hallway. And he's a, he's been kind of tight with George with the whole detours thing and yeah. Um the robot chicken stuff. So he said I guess George asked him what he was doing. He said we're shooting this thing with Bob Saget. You wouldn't want to be in it, would you? And they they kind of explained it to him and it, like He's standing there like two really younger women and he rolls around. He turns around and says something about Bob Saget. Yeah. Um, But it's just a really, really out of place um, cameo from George. But, you know, Hmm. that's kind of his thing now. Showing that George does have a sense of humor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, did you ever see that that weird cameo that he has in the um, there was like some science video where they were out on the street doing like a walk and talk yeah and George Lucas no. just kind of walks up behind him and then like goes into a building oh weird like okay. he's got like they were just shooting on the street and he was just going and he just kind of stepped up and looked into the camera and then walked away mm. so I think George has a sense of humor yeah all yeah. right so yeah but poor Pop Saget another one gone too soon yep 65 yeah. That's sad. The people that you want dead will never die, but you know, the ones that seem like genuinely good people, they go first. Yeah, true. So fucked up. Very true. Yep. And yet Joe Rogan is still alive. <laughs> well, it's because he's taking horse tranquilizers and <clears throat> fucking deworming medication. Well, good for him. Yeah. You know, you be you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. Yeah. So, uh, so I tried to watch after last week, we had talked about, um, a movie that you tried to watch uh, called Annette. Yes. Yes. So I turned it on. Um, I think it was, I think it was last Sunday. Um, after we had talked, I was like, all right. Cause I had bookmarked it and I was like, let me see what this is all about. I made it even less than you did through it. Oh really? Yeah. I actually had to scan up further to see the, um, the marionette, the marionette. baby. Yes. I couldn't get through the weird 
stand-up comedian thing with yes. Adam Driver. Yeah. Yep. I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't like. There's not really any kind of story that that is going on while it's happening. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I'm. I can usually stick through some stuff here, but I'm not gonna. I can't do this. And it just got worse from there. I, I I could imagine. I mean, and it's really weird because like it starts out as this weird musical number. Right. And they're walking through the streets and stuff. And like Adam Driver's hair is considerably shorter. In the in the, in the beginning, in the beginning. And then yeah. he like takes his helmet off when he gets to the nightclub or wherever he is. And it's like twice as long. And I'm like, wait why is it like that? Like there, there's just no explanation for anything. I don't, maybe there is at the end of the movie. I don't know, but yeah, I couldn't make it through that either. Well, good. So it's not just you. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, if you can get through it, then more power to you, but holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you thought Geely was bad. <laughs> and and I can handle, like, long-form music video kind of things. Like, there's a David Bowie movie called Absolute Beginners. Okay. Which is interesting to watch. But, I mean, it, there's at least some story going through it. This was just weird. And supposedly towards the end of the movie, Adam Driver goes to jail for killing his wife. Oh. Because the wife has come back from the dead and possessed the marionette. Oh. Uh, yeah. Even weirder. Okay. Yeah. It's bizarre. <laughs> Very bizarre. But, you know, art is art. You don't have to understand it. I guess, but I mean, at some point, if you want your art to be reach a lot of people, it has to be a little bit um, understandable in what's going on. Right. You mean like a James Lynch movie? A David Lynch movie? A David Lynch movie? Well, I Because I've seen a few of those, and I can't say one of them was coherent. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I think the difference is that there's a style that David Lynch imparts into some of his work. Yeah. That the quirkiness is part of it. And if you're like with Annette, being quirky for the sake of being quirky Mm -hmm. doesn't work. Like, again, I didn't watch the movie, so I don't know whether or not there is an explanation for the marionette baby thing. Yeah. Yeah. But if there's not, then you're just being quirky to be quirky, and that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's got to, you know, you've got to, you've got to at least have a story that, or explain things in the story, right? Or else, like, you're not going to get a lot of people to watch it. Yeah, and you know, as you well know, I like things explained to me. Well, <laughs> most people do. So I don't know. And drivers making some weird decisions but you know whatever yeah he also did that weird movie with uh, Ridley Scott the the last duel movie 
Is that the one with Matt Damon? Yes, with, with Matt Damon. With Matt Damon and, and Ben yes. Affleck? Yeah. Yes, yeah. That nobody saw? Yeah. And then, you know, uh, Ridley Scott got all upset because nobody went to see it. It's like, um, well, one, pandemic. Two, nobody knows what that story is. Yeah. And, like, they didn't really um, market it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was very shittily marketed, so I don't know. I don't know. I did watch, um, now that it's on Disney Plus, I watched The Eternals. Oh, did you? Yeah. Big hit? Loved it? I I can truly say that um, this might be Marvel's first swing and a miss. Really? Yeah. It's two hours and 40 minutes of which they could probably cut out an hour and not miss a beat. Okay. It's a lot of them standing around talking and reminiscing about a different time. And it's, it's very weird that they, they hire the guy, the Asian guy who looks just like Benedict Wong Okay. So every time that I see him, I'm like, is that the dude from Doctor Strange? And it's like, no, that's somebody completely different. Hmm. And so you get a lot of this boring parts of this movie that's not even like a lot of times I'll judge a movie by what I consider is rewatchability of scenes of like, here's a cool fight scene. And like, um, you know, for like Endgame, the the fight at the Avengers compound at the end is something that I'll go back and watch the, the time heist thing that they go through is something that I'll go back and watch at, at parts, but this doesn't have anything that I would go back and watch. There's no scene where I was like, wow. Okay, cool. Like I don't, there's, there's like eight Eternals. I couldn't tell you any of their names. It's not. And uh, what's her name? Angelina Jolie's finest work. No, and she's not even the main character. No. She's Wonder Woman. Well, basically, and this is like the dude that was in um um was it Cinderella, the the Disney live action Cinderella? The he was also in Game of Thrones. He played oh. Rob Stark. Um Yeah, okay. He's basically Superman in this. He flies and can shoot beams out of his eyes. Mm. And then you have Angelina Jolie, who's basically Wonder Woman. And you have all these other characters. One, the deaf girl can run really fast, so she's like the Flash. There's a dude that can build shit, so he's kind of like their Batman. It's like really bizarre for a Marvel movie to kind of parallel DC. Huh. But, I mean, at least the DC movies to me are at least somewhat interesting. I don't know. It's weird. They made such a big deal about this movie, and I just don't think it was good at all. Huh. Yeah, it was supposed to, Well, I don't know. And I guess that it, this was supposed to come out before Black Widow? Was there some delay in production on this? Well, yeah, it got pushed back a bunch of times because of the pandemic. Oh. But, like, the... um the mid credits 
scene introduces, I guess, the next big bad guy for them. And okay. it's Harry Styles from One Direction. Yes. And I was like, I, I'm supposed to take you seriously? Right. And they announce him as being Thanos's brother. And I'm like, he doesn't look anything like Thanos was purple. I thought he was the same race as the Grand Master and Tavon from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I don't know, man. It, he doesn't look anything like either one of those. Like at Does least he wear a dress. Well, he wears like a flowing outfit. Ah. But I mean, it it was just so such a bad movie. And, you know, they, they all were like, before the movie came out, they were like, oh, Kit Harrington's in this. We finally got Kit Harrington into a superhero movie, and he's literally in it for five minutes. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. Whatever. So. Is what it is, I guess. Mm, I guess. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. What else have you watched? I watched Boba Fett. Yeah? What did you think of this one? There are things about it that I liked. Okay. Um, there is a lot about it that I didn't like. Okay. Um, um, Vespa Scooter Gang? Yeah. I didn't understand. And for being this this arid wasteland, the bikes are awfully pretty. <laughs> that's that's one of the things that I have an issue with. It's all pretty attractive young people. And they're they're street urchins. Right. It's and not like they're they're wealthy kids and they've got all of this shiny brand new looking tech. Yes, and that that's that was my problem with it. It was there, there's a literal discussion with Boba Fett about who these people are and they are people that have droid parts inserted into them. Yes. And the, the conversation that they have is truly about like, there's no work. There's no way to get anything. Let right. me jump on my shiny Vespa and chase down the dude in the speeder. Right. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, how is that? It was such an odd odd pull for a Star Wars show. Yeah, and I kind of felt that the CG was a little bad in this episode. It definitely seemed rushed. Yeah. They're speeder bikes that don't go very fast. And like, <laughs> I was like, alright, whatever. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that there's a Rancor back in the, back in the palace. I and the rancor keeper is Danny Trejo. And then and then you get Danny Trejo, and I was like, I, mean, I thought that was great. Well, that comes from he's Robert Rodriguez's cousin, right? And so Robert Rodriguez puts him in everything that he does. Yep. And I should have expected Trejo to show up at some point. Yeah, but I was never expecting like because he doesn't fit in a Star Wars movie. Well, now. now he does. So yep. I was like, all right, whatever. I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching Boba ride a Rancor though. I think that's going to be cool. I, th 
I mean, Boba is turning into be kind of like a really chill guy. Yeah. Yep. So it's like, okay, you know, he's he's not taking any shit, but he's also doing things like releasing the black Wookiee mm-hmm. at the end, and you know, he's petting the rancor. And he's like, I want to learn how to write this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's oh man. I thought they've been good up to this point, and I like. Yeah. I like where the story's going, but some of this stuff was a little weird. Mm-hmm. I really, I, I really didn't know what to make of this the the biker gang thing. They're all in I mean, shiny I outfits. Th- it's like what the fuck. Yeah, I mean, I think they're kind of looking at the diversity of Boba Fett's new syndicate. But it's like, yeah, that, that that's a reach. I would have been, it would have made more sense to me if they had done something about like, um, you, you get Boba recruiting these street urchins who are dirty and a mess and then he takes them back to the palace and cleans them up and gives them the the uh, the hover bikes that he stole from the other gang. Yeah. Like that would make way more sense to me than whatever the fuck the the speeder Vespa <laughs> gang was, because I don't right. I don't understand, man. It was, it was weird. weird. I, I like that the twins came back, but the twins really have served no purpose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, that's cool. There's some different huts, but they're not really doing anything. They're like, oh, we're going back to Hutta, and we suggest you leave too. <laughs> but here's a gift. But see, like, like there's, there's those weird things but then like when um black what's his name black Kristan. yeah that dude when yeah. he when they have the fight with him in the palace like i thought that that was really well done and i was like okay cool because the the cut over his eye is from obi-wan so we know that he's been fighting a bunch right and so like maybe we'll see how he gets the scar in the Obi-Wan show, but it's nice to see like a Wookiee in action that can fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like really impressed with that. And it's like, all right, this ain't so bad. And then you get to the speeder bikes and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I'm, and you know, people are, are back and forth on the show because they feel like it's, it's too much. Um, of the the flashbacks and not enough of like Boba Fett kicking ass. Yeah. And so like even in this one, it's not him that goes after the mayor's sidekick. It's his little biker gang. Right. So I don't know. I still have faith that the other couple of episodes are going to be good. So I, I'm it. It's going to serve its purpose. It's entertaining. Yeah. Yep. I just, you know, 
Are we gonna have to put up for, with Danny Trejo though. Um, apparently, <laughs> there's there's gonna you know I mean we had the whole the whole Karate Kid montage so I mean what's this gonna be the Black Stallion? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So yeah, it's can't say this was my favorite episode, but there are also episodes of the Mandalorian I didn't like. So mm. I will chalk this up to just being a, a not one of their finest. Okay. Did you like Steven Root's cameo? <laughs> I didn't know who it was at first until I heard his voice, and I was like, "Is that, that Steven I was Root?" Thing. Yep. It's like there's a weird pull, but okay. Well, come on, Amy Sedaris. Well, and so do you think there's a um, there's a passing shot of Boba Fett in Mos Eisley during the flashback where um, you can see somebody who's supposed to be Amy Sedaris in the background? Oh, really? I didn't notice that. Yeah, she's walking with the three pitroids, and I'm wondering whether or not, oh. like they actually brought her in for that or if that's something that they lifted from something else like a scene from something I don't know yeah but you know it's 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 weird it's weird because Boba Fett his popularity comes from what four minutes of screen time Mm mhm and I just don't know if if what people have imagined for all this time is what they're going to get. I mean, you got to trust in the creative team, I guess. Sure. So definitely. I, I did like the callback to uh return of the Jedi with the, uh, the, uh, Bomar monk. Yes. At the beginning. I thought that was kind of cool. Yep. I had to explain I that like to that, my kid. I like that shit. And I swear to God, the sequence where the like there's one thing flying around and then another creature grabs it and then another creature grabs that one and then you know another creature grabs that one. Yeah. I swear I've seen that before. Maybe it's the Budweiser commercials with the lizards. Well, I mean, there's basically in episode one when they're in the submarine thing and they're going to the palace the ship gets eaten or the ship gets attacked and then the fish that is attacking them gets attacked by a bigger fish oh yeah that's which true. leads to the Liam Neeson line there's always a bigger fish <laughs> so Star Wars definitely has done that before yeah but like th- there was a call back to Return of the Jedi with the frog out in front of the castle eating the thing and then burping yeah, that's true. So, you know, they're just pulling from the greatest hits thing. <laughs> they're just making sure we're watching. Well, that's the because I literally five minutes before that, like, well, not five minutes, but when they showed the creature out in front, I was like, are they going to make him burp like in Return of the Jedi? And he did. And so then I chuckled and my kid was like, what? I was like, they did that in Return of the Jedi. So, you know, whatever. Did you watch um, the the series finale of The Expanse? I did. Yeah, how do you feel about that ser- series finale? 
Um, <laughs> that good, huh? Well, okay. It's like it. It was fairly satisfying. Yeah. They wrapped up some points. They finished storylines for different characters. So I thought that was that was satisfying to me. But again, I thought the CGI was off, especially when you're doing this this long drawn out space spot space battle. <laughs> And your your spaceships are starting to get pixelated because you didn't put enough polygons into it. Um, I thought it was okay. I guess. I think my you major know? problem with it, twofold. There was there was two things going on that I didn't like. They're planting storylines for seasons that aren't going to happen. Right. The whole stupid thing with the dogs on the planet. Yeah, it's like, why did you even waste time with that this season? That could have been cut. Yeah, and and it apparently alludes to the net, what would have been next season. Right. And But you knew that this was your final season going into this, so I don't know what the thought there was. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing was, like, Marco Inaris was such a threat the entire past couple seasons. He's the guy that sent the rocks to earth. He's the guy that's killing everybody. He's the guy we got to stop. And his, the way that they stopped him seems so anticlimactic mm-hmm. that I was like, that's it. Well, yeah, it's like when he died, it was kind of like, what's happening. I, I literally had to go back to the part where Naomi ex- was explaining the plan and watch mm-hmm. it a second time to be like, oh, that's how they're going to stop them. And that's what I just watched. And it was this this weird thing about the entities that live inside the ring gates. Right. Of waking them up and making them kill Inara, uh, Marco Inara on his transport through. Right. And it's like, that was what we come up with as a way to get rid of them. Maybe it's in the book. I don't know. I didn't read the books. Yeah. It just felt like a really easy solution to a major problem. Mm-hmm. And even the way they handled it, it's kind of like, what are you showing me? Right. You know, I mean, I understand it was like the little nano creatures, part of the proto molecule, but it's like, um, really? And by waking these things up, there's the danger that they're not going to go back to sleep. Yeah. So why would you even introduce that? Because you know you're not going past season six. And apparently, so I watched a couple of videos on YouTube that people were explaining like what's going to happen in the next, what in the what would happen in the books that like if they were to transfer it to the show, what it would be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's great. But they knew they only had six episodes to wrap this up. And it, right. I would have much rather have had two episodes of setup and then a four episode arc of the final battle mm-hmm. of, of them just being brought to the brink of losing. And then like, like an entire episode of them figuring out a, a way to win at the end. Right. Because I was like, you know, they're on the the railgun platform and Bobby is being like hammered with rounds and then Amos shows up and he's being hammered. And I'm like, okay, they're going to sacrifice people. 
Right. Like, like they're going to sacrifice themselves. It's going to be in a blaze of glory, but we're going to stop this. And then it's like, no, they all survive. Like, yeah. Oh. And I thought that was what was happening with the whole, uh, barber's chair and space moment. Oh, you when, know, when he launches hit, out of the, the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, oh, okay. So that he's dead. <laughs> it's like, well, not yet. Not yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they, they did a disservice by introducing new plot points that really did not affect the outcome. No, not at all. You like, know, it's, you know, Amos and Naomi who it's like, Oh, are they going to hook up? You know, are they, you know, what's going on there? And, um, yeah. Yeah. It definitely, they definitely could have done this last season better. Mm-hmm. Cause I really kept wondering what the whole thing was that they'd show in the beginning of each episode with the kids on the planet and the dog things and yep. them dying and coming back. And I was like, right, this has got to be tying in somehow to this. Yeah. No, and it's like, nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. We're just, we're just assuming that this goes on and on and on, but you're not going to get to see any of it. Right. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. Right. But so, you know, now, you know, there's going to be a sequel where, you know, Naomi and her son were reunited, even though she thinks he's dead. And yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, the one thing I liked, I can't remember if it was this episode or the one before when Avrasala meets drummer Uh on the on the space station, whatever it was. Right. It's like, okay, that was kind of an interesting move to put, you know, the 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 queen of the universe, more or less, <laughs> you know, Avrasala, meeting uh Drummer. Drummer and, you know, basically asking for help. Right. So it's like, okay, that was kind of a a nice scene. But then <sighs> I don't know. I have a problem with the way drummer speaks. And I understand it. Well, it's that it's that Belter thing. It's that pigeon English. Well, it's it's the Belter dialect that. Right. Yeah. So. But, you know, things like, you know. Um, um, when they like use the, the 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 term boss man. Right. It's like. Okay, you you couldn't come up with something unique. You came up with something that you basically appropriated from, you know, other cultures. Well, I I would assume that's all book based. I mean, because the guys that wrote the books were heavily heavily involved with the TV show. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know whether that's a good or bad thing, but um. Yeah, and and the very predictable thing at the end with with Holden being made head of right whatever that union thing was. Yep. And then him stepping down and giving it to Drummer, I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, because it's, it's like, not going to end with him in power. Right, and it's like I think it would have been better if 
that Avrasala finally realized that, you know, you needed a belter in charge of the belt. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, they they did this weird political thing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I it was it was satisfying like I said. I think they could always do more. I think they could have restructured these six episodes a little differently like you said. Yeah. But now it's over. Yep. And there's nothing on Amazon Prime. <laughs> I may have to watch Being the Ricardos. Well, not until The Boys comes back. Yeah, that's true. Well, and Mrs. Maisel. And Mrs. Maisel. I've never watched I, that one. I think, I think they should do a crossover of Mrs. Maisel and The Boys. There you go. There you go. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I could do that. <laughs> Uh, I also finished Cobra Kai. Did you? What'd you think? Yeah. I like it, but both Daniel and Johnny are assholes. Well, and that's the point it's of, like of that final has, episode. Neither one has really grown. You know, they're all, they're both tied to their own selfish, you know, desires. And they, neither one, well, un, until the very end, didn't see the other person's point of view. Right. And I think, I think that that was kind of the, the message of the season. So uh, up, up until this point of the show is that you've got to be open to everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, I think it's said outright by, um, Oh, what's his name? Zapka? No, his kid. Oh, Robbie. Robbie, yes. Yeah. Robbie really says, like, out loud, like, you thought your way was the best. He thinks his way is the best. It's not. It's a combination. Right. And that's that, like, that's what beats Robbie. And that's what almost beats Tori is like, mm -hmm. is not, is like, Miyagi Do is not the answer and Cobra Kai is not the answer. It's a shared philosophy of you know, bringing shit together. And, you know, the weird part to me was like two episodes from the end. They're like, Hey, we're going to try to give a redemption arc to crease. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. No, right. No, he's the bad guy. And it's like, well, no, actually silver's the bad guy. Right. And it's like, no, but like, he's really the bad guy. Like you can't redeem this dude. But I guess they're going to try that. So, yeah, I mean, it... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it just feels like they're trying to cram as much of the movies into the series to keep it going. You know, now we have Chosen from Karate Kid 2 coming back. Right. And Crease is going to jail for beating up uh, Stinkfish. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got the little black kid who's going full psycho and Daniel's kid who's going full psycho and it's like okay well yeah you've got to you've got to have conflict for next season because a lot of their major characters have have done arcs and like where do you do with Hawk from now on right like, like Hawk Hawk has gone on his journey so you know, the conflict with him is going to be weird. Mm -hmm. Like 
Robbie's kind of come full circle. So I don't know what the fuck they're going to do with him next season. I think they're going to focus on Miguel looking for his father. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, out of the blue. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. It would, it, I mean, it's still enjoyable. The, the fight sequences are, are really fun. The whole, uh, Tri-Valley Battle of the Dojos thing where they're doing backflips and flying kicks and it's like oh really (laughs) this is what would happen in a under 18 (laughs) karate championship okay you you do what you do you know you've got to suspend a little bit of disbelief I guess you got to suspend a lot of disbelief (laughs) I mean, look, they're asking you they're asking you to accept the fact that Dimitri is a good fighter. Yeah. Which in reality that dude would never be at the level that he's at. So Right. You know, you gotta take everything with a little grain of salt. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about a show where a bunch of kids basically destroyed the LaRusso house at right. the end of last season and it's never brought up. Like Daniel's the kind of asshole that would be like suing the kid's parents for uh-huh. coming in and like destroying his house. And it's just like, Hey, we're just going to like chill out. Yeah. Well, and there's so they're, they're trying to throw in so many redemption arcs for so many different characters. Yep. It's like, Oh, now we see that, that Tori's vulnerable and she asks Mrs. LaRusso for help. And, you know, oh, she's going back to school, so she's going to change. And it's like, okay. <laughs> Are you going to redeem everybody? Is that what the goal is? Yes. At the end of the, the, um, at the end of the show, at the end of the six seasons or whatever they're planning on doing, it's yep. literally going to be the world against Harry Silver. There you go. And there'll be some kind of big fight scene where he's got to take on all of the, the senseis. And he gets his ass kicked. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. But Stingray is going to be the key to it all. He's the one that's going to be like that, that brings in the vital information at the, at the 11th hour of he put me up to crease. Isn't the bad guy, blah, blah, blah. Give him another chance. Yeah. Well, I mean, now that Tori has found out that, that the uh, the match was rigged. Yeah. Like, well, where is this? Where is this gonna go? Is she gonna, you know, suddenly become one of the good guys? Well, of course she'll she'll end up going. I still maintain that her mother is somebody important to the story. Yeah. And I feel like it might be. Um, oh, what's her name? Um, she was in the movie The Next Karate Kid. Um, she was in Million Dollar Baby, Hillary Swank. Oh, okay. I'm I'm betting that Hillary Swank is her mom. But we've seen her mom. No, we haven't. You've never seen her mother. It's always she's always been in another room. Wait, who's the one who showed up asking for for money? That was that was her mom's sister. That's her aunt. Oh. Okay. 
I thought that was mommy. No. So I think, I think it's going to be her because they were asked specifically, like, what do you consider canon for the universe? Right. And they said anything with Pat Morita in it as Mr. Miyagi. And they, they were like, what about Jaden Smith? And they were like, that's not the same universe. But okay. the next Karate Kid, and they said it like outright. They said the next Karate Kid's considered canon, which makes me think yeah. they're pulling in Hillary Swank. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of discussion of that possibly happening. So, yeah, it would make sense. You know, like like she goes and talks to her mom and her mom's like, I knew Mr. Miyagi. Like, what are you doing? And, you know, it would make sense of why she knows karate. It would make sense of you know, her falling in with the wrong crowd and all that kind of shit. So that is my prediction, but we'll see whether I'm right. Hmm. Something to think about. Yeah. I watched, uh, I watched the new James Gunn TV series, Peacemaker. With Did John you? Cena. Yep. It, what did you think? It is one of the best superhero TV shows I think I've ever seen. Okay. It it is up there with Doom Patrol for me. Okay. Um Doom Patrol tends to work in the world of the wacky shit. Mhm. And this is like off the wall superhero stuff, which is which is different. Um I think it's way better than the Suicide Squad movie that they did. Yeah. With with Peacemaker in it. Uh, while I enjoyed that movie, I think focusing in on w- this one character and showing just how like batshit crazy his world is, it, it works. Hmm. It's got amazing opening credits. Like it's it's uh it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. They released three episodes this first week, and I'm not sure why. Huh. Um, but all the new ones are going to be on Thursday, so that'll at least fill a hole that I have in the watching schedule of, like, my week. <laughs> but it's pretty good. I, like, what, what everybody thinks about John Cena, whether or not they think he's a good actor or whatever, he throws himself into this role. Yeah. And makes it really enjoyable. Like it's not watching a wrestler who's trying to act like he seems like an actor that wrestles on the side. Okay. So I don't know. It's, it's really good though. It's, it's proof that, um, if movie studios would just leave the directors alone Mm -hmm. that are like talented and like know their characters inside and out, they could get really good content out of it. Hmm. And I feel like DC having James Gunn on board and giving him like carte blanche of like, you can use any character you want. You can do whatever you want here. Um, he's, he knows all the wacky, like obscure shit. So he's going to like bring all that shit to the forefront. Right. And it's, uh, it's really well done. I'll have to check it out. Yeah super super adult but like you get like it's not something that my kid can watch but okay you know you should be fine okay more more adult than the harley quinn animated series um 
probably on par with that. Okay. Yeah, I would probably say on par. Hmm. All right. Something else to check out. Yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to do the watch something new and then watch something that you've seen before but not in a long time thing again. Mm -hmm. So fortunately there's been a ton of new content, but I'm running out of it, so I don't know what I'm going to do from now on. I watched, um, I rewatched 16 Candles. Okay. Because it was on, like, I was watching something on Hulu and it popped up of, like, here's movies you might be interested in. So I started going through it and I was like, I haven't seen 16 Candles in a long time. And I, it's one of those films that I don't think could be made today. Okay. It, it comes from a time where, like... You could make fun of Asian people? Well, not just that, but, like... There's a scene where Molly Ringwald and um, um, Michael, oh, what's his name? Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. They're in like the auto shop and he like tries to like jump on her mm-hmm. and like she pushes him off and then he tries again. And I was like, that just wouldn't fly today. Like he's totally forcing her, forcing himself on her and like they basically at the end like he winds up in a car with a drunk girl and like neither one of them remember having sex but like it's just things that like are are true 80s moments where you're like oh okay sure yeah they can't do that today Hmm. and then I watched um, the movie regarding Henry with Harrison Ford oh Ritz yes I did not realize that that was one of J.J. Abrams' first movies that he wrote. Oh, really? And he's actually okay. in it. He's he plays a delivery guy. And I'm I'm really shocked at how much Elizabeth Olsen looks like a young Annette Bening. Really? Because I was watching this movie, and there are shots of Annette Bening where I'm like, that looks just like Elizabeth Olsen. So, yeah, I was kind of surprised. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't ever really think about people. Like, like the the last time I saw um, Annette Bening was probably. Um, Captain Marvel. Ca- Captain Marvel. So she's older and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. you watch stuff of, of these younger actors. Uh, the, these actresses. As a, at My God, I can't talk today. Actresses at a younger age. And you're like, wow, she was really attractive. And then I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, she looks just like Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, uh, regarding Henry is a nice, like, light. Well, I shouldn't say light because it's about a dude getting shot in the head, but. You're right. It's not, it doesn't seem as heavy as a bunch of the other stuff I've been watching. Okay. So. There's no real stakes at it above, like, the family dynamic that's going on. Mm-hmm. So, and Ritz crackers. And Ritz crackers. <laughs> yeah, that's like the only thing I remember that from that movie. <laughs> and then it finds out that he's he's remembering Ritz because that's where he used to meet his mistress. Yep. It's like, oh, okay. 
I mean, it's a very, it's, it's a very like, you know, interesting. And that's the thing. Like when I pick these movies, it's stuff that I've watched before that I know that I've liked, but don't, if I can't remember how it opened, then mm-hmm. I'll watch it. Cause okay. usually if I can remember, that just means that I've been, I've seen it too many times. Yeah. So I'm like, when I now that when I'm picking stuff, it's like okay, I I know I like that movie, but I don't remember how it starts. I should watch it again. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, the '80s were a, a bumper crop of amazing movies. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean. So, and I don't know if it's just because we lived through it, but. Well, I'm sure that that's why. I'm sure that every generation, yeah. would, when they grow up, their movies to them, you know, are the amazing ones. I mean, we we were fortunate to grow up in the golden era of special effects and that turn into visual effects. Um, right. You know, my this morning um, I showed my kid the first Ghostbusters film because I want to see the second one and she wants to see this or not the second one, the the newest one afterlife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, I needed her to see the first one. And so she's looking at it and she, there's a shot of like Dana's coming home and there's a, the devil dog head is like in the foreground Mm-hmm. But it's comped in, but it's not it's not totally opaque. It's a little bit transparent so that and you can see like cars in it. Oh okay. and she points it out and I was like, nineteen eighty four. You've gotta remember, like, this is nineteen eighty four. This is not the high right. this is not today when everything right. that they do looks like super real. And so like as as it's going and like you're seeing the ghosts and stuff, you can see the mat lines around them. Yeah. And like, so she's about to say something. I'm like, no, 1984. Just keep that in your head. (laughs) The old days. Yes. That's when animation was hand drawn, honey. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all that stuff, all the proton beams and all that kind of shit was hand drawn. Mm hmm. But she seemed to like it, so. Well, that's good. Yeah. She should like the new one because it's, it centers around a 12 year old girl. So, <laughs> you know, it'll be relatable to her. There's, there's always those moments too. it. Like, so it's a 1984 film and you're watching it and there's that scene where Ray basically gets, gets the blow job from the ghost. Uh huh. And I'm like, is she going to understand what's going on here? And so she didn't really react to that more than she reacted to when Dan is possessed by Zool and pulls Peter on top of her on the bed that she kind of like cocked her head at. But I was like, all right, as long as she's not getting the blowjob references so far, we're good. (laughs) But it's definitely nostalgia for 1984. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll watch that tonight and see what she thinks of that. 
Now, are you going to sit through the, the female Ghostbusters movie? No, we're not watching Ghostbusters 2 either. No? I've I've read online that you don't need to see that to understand Afterlife. There's there's no real callbacks to Ghostbusters 2. Okay. So, wanting to see Afterlife, I'm like, we'll watch part two at a different time. It's not it's not a super great film, so you're not really missing anything. Mm, that's true. Do Ghostbusters and then Afterlife and then maybe part two. Okay. But no, I mean, I, I, I think we talked about this. I tried to watch the 2016 all female Ghostbuster mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. and couldn't do it. Like just, oh man, just not a good film. Yeah. It was, I don't know. It was trying to force something that it didn't need to be. Yeah. Let's reinvent it. <laughs> no, it was perfect as it was. Are you excited at the announcement that Disney plus is doing a Santa Claus series with Tim Allen? I kind of am. Are you? Yeah. Okay. You don't think they had, they said everything they needed to say with the three movies. No. Okay. It's Santa Claus. Come on. <laughs> it's Tim Everybody Allen. Everybody loves Santa Claus. Well, you know, he's got to keep busy. Well, now that the Toy Story movies are done. That's right. And his TV show's off the air. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be interesting. We'll see what happens. Okay. I mean, as long as they're doing these short form series yeah it it kind of keeps things fresh you know because you go from you know one marvel series to a star wars series to a you know mighty ducks to you know they keep shuffling them and right yeah what about did you see the picture of the new batgirl outfit i did what do you think of it i kind of like it it's very reminiscent of the 66 TV show. Yep. Um, I just don't know whether it looks protective enough. That makes sense. Cause every Just Batman, like, every Batman that that's happened so far, they're all in like body armor. Yeah. And this just looks like a leather suit. So mm. I don't know. Because, I mean, isn't the Batwoman outfit, isn't that a little armored looking? Or is that all uh, um, Sort of. Because that's supposed to be the Batman outfit just retooled, right? For Yeah. For a woman's body? Yeah. I mean, it kind of looks a little armored, but not really. Because Batman had those big hips. <laughs> yeah. No, it's still kind of it's leathery latex leathery, yeah. with a, yeah. But then, but then, um, what's her new sidekick's name? Batwing. Batwing. Batwing's all armored, and it's like, why are you giving all the armor to the dudes? Right. Because he has less fighting skills. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> At least in my mind. 
Okay. He needs it. She doesn't. She's a badass. <laughs> oh. I mean, I, I am I am impressed of how much it does look like the um, the '66 version. Yeah, it's uh, it's right up. She's got a holster on her hip, though. I wonder what that's about. It's for her hairspray. <laughs> What a time to be a nerd. Yeah, it kind of looks like a racing suit. Like a motorcycle racing suit. Yeah, kind of. It's like padded leather, but it's not armor. Right. But yeah, I mean, down to the the yellow lining of the cape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is another picture. There's a wider picture that it shows her feet, and she's wearing, like, regular boots. Like brown. Okay. Like like brown boots, which is a little weird. But I've made this cool costume. Get my crappy boots. Yeah. What are you gonna wear with them? Oh, I got some boots in the closet. <laughs> I I'm still waiting to see photos of uh, uh, Firefly. Ben, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, to see what he looks like these days. They did a, there, there was a video of them on set um, where I guess it was Brendan's birthday and they brought out a cake oh. and uh, they were singing happy birthday to him and it like, they didn't get him in the shape for it. He's, you know, they kind of plucked him up and put him in this world. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Huh. He's not going to have a body double. He's <laughs> just going to do the voice. No. No. There's a campaign for him to host the Oscars this year. Why? Well, because I guess <laughs> I guess the Oscar committee put out a thing of like hypothetically, if we were going to have a host this year, who would you guys want to see like on Twitter? Yeah. And he was the overwhelming like you need to get Brendan Fraser. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why, but he was—he hmm. seemed to be the one. Okay, I guess. Am I just crazy, or were there no Golden Globes this year? They weren't televised because oh. there are no black people in the foreign press. <laughs> oh, seriously, okay. seriously, that—that that was the big controversy was that there's no diversity in the Hollywood foreign press. Oh, okay. So, whichever channel was going to air it basically said, "Yeah, we're going to give them a little more time to work on the promise they made." Oh, okay. <laughs> And uh, yeah, because I saw the list of winners and I was like, I didn't know anything about the Golden Globes this year. Yeah. So did they actually have a ceremony that just wasn't televised? Or did uh, they just hand them out? I I think there was still a ceremony. Oh, OK. I mean, it's not like they like just showed up and knocked on your door and said, oh, by the way. And you never know. Of course, that is how the Jimmy Kimmel Oscars worked. Yeah. Yep. Just imagine how those losers felt. You know, you see the guy outside the door. Right. And then he just turns around and walks away. <laughs> yeah. It's like, psych. <laughs> uh. It does amaze me, though, how 
movies that seem to be a complete flop guess this kind of uh you know like west side story getting best picture musical comedy yeah but, but people aren't going to see that well i mean it's a really odd time because i don't think the amount of people going back to the theater is really justifying the releases that are going on and so it i think it's hard to judge that kind of stuff because like in a normal year the of of old i guess that might have been a bigger thing but i mean we've talked about this before the oscars are not for the ones that do really well it's for the art artistic ones that you know want to give each other fucking prizes So, I don't know. Yep. You've disappeared. What happened to you? I can barely hear you. Yeah, you're way off in the back. Here I am. Oh, there I'm you back. Are. Oh. You doing something else? I, I moved my mic and muted it so I could cough. Oh. <laughs> Silly rabbit just cough on the sh- on the show. So I wouldn't get COVID on my mic. Oh. <laughs> yes. All right. You got anything else for this week? No. no. I think that's about it. All right. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. There can be only one. Mm-hmm.